This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller and his guy Friday, Christian Blatt. What's up, Hiroshi? Let's light this candle. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Miller! Leave the part on before we had started the machine. (laughs) Existential stage direction. Leave that part in where the recording machine had not been turned on yet. I wonder if that's possible. What is the sound of one hand clapping? Well, we know that here. (laughs) That is our object. (laughs) Spade, Normie, McDonald, and I win Star World Casino in Thackerville, Oklahoma on Friday, August 30th. I believe that's the home of Terry Bradshaw, by the way. I believe it is. And so the Bayou Bomber will be up there. And uh, we'll say hi to Terry if he's not... uh, he has free two seconds in his day from either walking in a fucking tub because he's old now or whatever the fuck he is selling this week. Can I talk to you about some of ours? <laughs> what are we doing, Chris? Are we got any? Listen, I, I'm, I said before I'm going on a little bit of a trip here, so we have to front load a couple of these. So I, you and Ken I, Kesey getting in the van, that kind of a trip, bro. Exactly, man. <laughs> one podcast <laughs> makes you happy, and one pod makes you small. But the ones that Dennis gives you. Do, do everything <laughs> at all. Go ask Dennis <laughs> when he was just small. When the Christian on the chalkboard get up and tell you where to go. And you just ate at Portobello. And your mind is ready to blow. Go ask Dennis. I think he'll know when logic and proportion have fallen by the way and the white knight or the pen (laughs) racial knight is walking backwards and the red queen and the red LGBTQ community is <laughs> Remember what Lindsay said. Feed your head. Feed your head. We built this city. Oh, no. yes. Shocking. Best ending ever. It's the same band. Imagine Grace Slick singing both those songs. <laughs> And the, and the theme song from Mannequin, you know, I think there was no. a... No. Yeah, yeah. Grace that, Slick? Yeah, that's a Starship song the, the from the first Mannequin. And that's, that's oh, the whole Starship really? band. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Mickey He's Hart? There. Yeah. And Grace but I was, think Jack that, Cassidy and Yorma Kankuna must have dropped that. They, yeah, they I think, do that shit, uh, Yeah, they? but that's like the same era as We Built This City is the Mannequin soundtrack. That oh, was the, well, that I don't was know the song then. I'm thinking that We Built This City is the Mannequin song. What is the song for Mannequin? Uh, good quite Nothing's gonna stop us now. Is the uh, is the chorus? And... and wasn't this some sort of thing where, I think it was an extrapolation out for Andrew McCarthy's working the night shift and he's yeah f- fucking mannequins and well, one of them wakes up. I think that 
he's really drawn to the Kim Cattrall mannequin. And oh, that's before right. he actually tries to do anything, it actually, she comes to life. So I don't think he actually does anything with the mannequins first and one of them just happens to be alive. You know, there's such a frost on the libidinal front in America right now. They had to do a remake of that where the woman's alive and he fucks her and she turns into a mannequin. <laughs> it's real life Barbie. You can, you can get that movie uh, made in a, a second. I can just go in. It's a high concept pitch. We're in, we're out. I give that man Michael Mann look. Tartikoff passing over the napkin at the Chinese place. MTV cops. You ever hear that story? I, I have heard that story, but it reminds me of a of a better one when you knew Brandon a little bit, right? And yeah. he called you oh once from a lunch. God, so funny. <laughs> I had a holding deal with Brandon at NBC. I don't even want to tell you what it's like because it looks ludicrous in retrospect, but I get paid a chunk of money. To not take any, it's a first look thing or whatever. So uh, I grow to be friends with Brandon alone. He's so funny. Christ, he was funny. Uh, he was an exec. He was a suit, but he was so funny. And uh, he calls me once during the cell phone era where it was the Vic Morrow, Rick Jason <laughs> cell phone era where it was like, you know, you had to have a cell phone caddy with you to carry it like like you had needed oxygen. You know, you had to carry it on one of those things, roll it along next to you. The cell phones were so big. <laughs> He calls me one day and uh, he's like, I'm in, he like, can't talk now, in Vegas, lunch with Jerry Lewis, bad Chinese place, been together for 30 minutes, he's cried three times, I'll call you later. <laughs> <laughs> Click. I Christ, I laughed so hard. Oh. And he called me later and I guess Lewis was so emotionally roiled at that point. It was yeah. when he looked like... Uh, Doc Bruce Banner. Remember, he was taking some. He, he you know, was a little puffy at that. All point. of a sudden, yeah. you know who looks evil, man, is the Epstein cat. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're that. showing that still of him now, and he looks like he might have that. Uh, what was the thing that uh, Mr. Waverly, Leo G. Caro had in Tarantula, Acromegaly, where uh, your your some zippy gland won't shut off, and you just keep growing. I think Kevin O'Quan actually died of it. I sometimes look at Tony Robbins and he has such huge app, uh, appendages, I wonder. But uh, it's best depicted by uh, Leo G. Carroll, the great actor yeah. in uh, Tarantula. He has something called acromegaly. And uh, it, it, when I, pineal gland, I think, goes awry. I'm looking at uh, Epstein in those photos and I think, God, that is evil eyes surrounded by an acromegaly mug. And uh, I, I, what about... They're, they're putting it all on Trump. I heard something amazing this morning that if you put in, I don't know who the secretary of the labor is, the cat who gave him the sweetheart the deal. Costa is the Costa. Last Obviously, he looks like a sweetheart deal. Yeah. I'm not even going to say that. Obviously, a yeah. sweetheart deal. Definitely. And, uh, you know, people say, is our justice system not? No, it isn't. It's fucked up. Rich, you can get out. I, you know, I, I'm just moved to the next evolution, all these things where I don't put in the. I think we best not put these in the, the question mode. What is that called? I know a declarative sentence is with a period. What's a? Is there a name for a sentence that ends in a question mark? It's not a declarative thing. It's a uh, just say, very pronounced. I think we, it's important for us to find the next door here on how we might solve some of these things by just acceding to them. Our legal system can be paid for, and I think uh, Acosta um, and his investigative team. Uh, helped this guy out, uh, and if he's with 14-year-olds, the, the, helping them out is as wrong as it gets. 
Um, I think in, a, in another payola thing, I think the Mueller thing. Nowhere akin to 14-year-olds, but I think the Mueller thing was a rigged game. And all this stuff, do, do you think there's equal? No, there isn't. Now, where do we go with that? Get on with it. It's, it's over. But somebody said this morning, I was watching TV and it blew my mind that uh, I could turn a box on in my room and there are other humans in there. No, that didn't <laughs> blow my mind. TV really blew my mind you're, big time. You're blowing my mind, huh? man. <laughs> the pixels. <laughs> didn't the guy Pixar get... Can you imagine John Lasseter, yeah. Put, putting the brace on somebody at an Incredibles reading? Yeah, well, he always wore Hawaiian shirts too. So uh, just start a, that's you know, a big button. tell for yeah. me. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, either that or uh, bloated. Because I'll break out a shirt like that. You know, I'm a, I'm Mister Untuck It. Because <laughs> you know, I got a little bit of a NCRitis. My stomach looks like an old cash register at this point, where you have to go down and slow pot. Um, but uh, if you Google Acosta. And Epstein, there's like 8 million pages mm. of, of stuff. If you Google um, Trump and, uh, Christ, why am I going through this so ponderously? Trump and Epstein, there's right. pages and pages, obviously. And I want to know if this is true because it sounded too unbelievably delicious to be true. Can you Google Clinton, Epstein? and mm -hmm. see what's is there a lot of uh entries there because the guy said there's minimal entries there and i thought is that possible uh no i mean i see a lot i mean from like new york times vanity fair and stuff like that but yeah a lot a lot has come up uh I think okay it's more so see asking. now there there's a good thing yeah uh, i wanted to believe that but at least i got to the point here where i was about to pronounce it and move it on down the line pay it forward gossip wise right let's face facts we are a pay it forward culture <laughs> of gossips and uh i thought it can't be true can it ask christian just google the guy was saying and there's no entries and that's how this all happens i think yeah. we all have to take a beat when we want to believe something and i wanted to believe that i said yeah that would be it that the fucking uh brin and whatever the cat's name is they would scrub that connection but uh they haven't, and I was almost the asshole. So there you go. You got to look at this stuff. But I do think that uh, I'd have to. That's one thing that Trump has been uh, safeguarded in in his life, is he earned so early and felt the need to do the my dick's bigger than your dick thing early that he had a private jet almost when he was in the amniotic sac. Right. So guys will do anything for a private jet. You, there are guys who, if you told them where's the jet going, you said, well, "We're going to go and fly into an escarpment wall and all die." They'd go, "Okay, I'm on." Because they want to be on the private jet. So uh, Trump never had to do the private jet thing. So, you know, he doesn't have the Ron Burkle stories. He doesn't have the uh, the other stories. But cats like Clinton, he, Christ, he dined out on private jets. You know, Clinton used to take a private jet from the uh, White House residential quarters to the White House Oval Office. He used to have a taxi down that rose uh, trellis thing. But anyway... Um, I, I, I'd be intrigued to see, uh, let's face facts. I know the people on the left are going to tell you they don't believe Juanita Broderick. They thought, um, that the young girl, whatever her name was, was put in there to get him and blah, 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 but he's a horn dog. Uh, he fucked everything that moved and 
you know, uh, probably a few things that weren't. And, uh, you know, I never understood why he didn't just hold a press conference, you know, after his second election and cop to it. Because, you know, people know that ramble with guys. It's not my play. But, you know, when you get married, you shut down the libidinal pilot light except for the woman you love. But it's some guys just are non, you know, they'll fuck constantly. And I think everybody knew that Clinton was one of those guys. And it's not the end of the world, but covering it up and acting pristine is the yeah. weird part to me. And bullying women after, that's the unforgivable thing for me. As I've often said, Monica Lewinsky was a moron, but she was a 19-year-old moron. Who isn't a 19-year-old moron? If you're a 19-year-old woman, you ever have a chance to blow the president of the United States? You have to blow him. When you think about all the idiots, 19-year-old women have to blow. They have to blow the bouncer at TGIFs, for Christ's sake. <laughs> of course you should blow the president. There's only been 44 of those wands floating around. If you can lodge one in your melon for a few seconds, you should do it just for the scrapbook moment. I mean, I'm not even gay. If I'd worked there and he asked me, I would have probably blown him. Just to have something to tell the kids about on the porch when I was older. You know, so when I was young, I blew Bill Clinton. Did you, Dad? Yeah, he's a bit of a patriot. <laughs> So anyway, um, we'll see how much Clinton turns up in this uh, Epstein thing because they're going to make it all about Trump. And uh, quite frankly, I, I think I read and I don't know. I'd have to scope this more because I, you can see earlier how you can hear something that falls nicely upon your ear and parrot it. But I, I think that he ended his relationship with Epstein 15 years ago. And I'm sure they were players before that. If you were on the island of Manhattan, you were Dorian's red hand with the, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's and the Robert Chambers of the world. That was that place with that cat. Remember the preppy murder? Yeah. It's just, there was the a story, horn dog yeah. game board. Yeah. And it was, you know, every, uh, I know things have changed now and uh, fine. If those are the new rules, adhere. But this whole thing about getting in it, who would have thought we'd eventually end, uh, t invent time travel so we can go back in time and write grievances. <laughs> you know, like nobody's going back to meet Yvette or going into the future to meet Yvette Mimieu anywhere. Everybody's going back. A year and a half ago, I had to go Dutch on a date. Uh -huh. You know, and it's like, what a stupid. Uh, what a st I want to go back in time because I was traumatized by the breakfast club. Except that song. That uh, song still come on. Me Last happy. moment, Judd Nelson. <laughs> Great moment for Judd was, Nelson. Uh, I don't say pertinent because as I get older, I think, who are you to say? What are you? Uh, that was a high point of his career, right? I would say Freezing. so. Freezing. Yeah. Definitely worked for a long time after, but that was certainly. No, there's a couple things there. Anytime as an actor, your high point is when they freeze your image. <laughs> <laughs> That might be telling. But I think he was a pretty good actor back then. Yeah. And uh, that song and that moment uh, matters cinematically. It doesn't matter in, uh, you know, the same way as Frank Sinatra kicking in the door in Manchurian Candidate and seeing Lawrence Harvey just pained with his medals on killing himself at the garden. Uh, you know, things like that will stay with you for the rest of your life. But it, it was uh, important uh, in for that generation, and I can remember being stirred by it when I saw that in the theater. I think I might have to go back and watch that. It was a pretty good little film, wasn't it? Yeah. No, I think... Uh, well, I sort of... I think I must have taken... Did I take one of my kids? I'm trying to understand how I'm in the 
theater for the breakfast club. But. You know, when they have anniversaries, a lot of time movies will come back for like a special weekend and things like that. Like, you know, there's like, I'm going to take my son to see the Muppet movie for its 40th anniversary later this month. So yeah, these things happen. Well, you good. have to remember life happens, but Ali Sheedy at that point is uh, the delightful in war games. And then I think this is her trying to be a little bleaker, yeah. you know, get her Robert Smith on in this film. Emilio Estevez is uh, uh, I still at that pivotal point in his career where you don't realize he's Charlie's brother and Charlie's doing better. So you think yeah. he's a guy in the common who will eventually own a, a hockey franchise. <laughs> um, and Judd Nelson was great in it. And uh, who else is in it, Christian? Uh, Molly Ringwald. I don't remember much about Molly Ringwald. Uh, I, I've never seen the 16 thing. Is it good? I think it's good, especially if you're, you know, if you're uh, probably more if you're a girl of that age. But that's that's a, that is one of those movies now that people look back because there's an Asian character that's really broad and you know does the accent and and all. You never that. seen Mickey Rooney in uh, <laughs> Breakfast at well, Tiffany's. This guy at least was Asian, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but oh. Mickey Rooney, <laughs> folks. If anybody wants to build a time machine <laughs> and go back to right cultural wrongs. I can't, you know, Mickey Rooney could give a shit, uh, but I'm telling you, I bet you that aided Blake Edwards in the same way, blackface out of the handsome aided Ted Danson. Oh, yeah. Because Blake Edwards was uh, in the middle of the hipster thing. A great filmmaker. I don't, I, I'm not trying to intone shallow there. I think he's a great filmmaker. But he dwelled, he was a creature of Hollywood and the Mickey Rooney thing. Uh, listen, when I watch these things from different eras, I, I don't shut my life down, you know, when Big Jim comes out to save Scarlet from Hobotown because she genuinely loves him. I know some people want to say, why is Big Jim living under a bridge now? Yeah. Because the the uh, war is over, there's no slavery, but where, you know, it's like the killing fields. Once the thing's over, what, what happens next? So when he comes out, some people won't watch the film just because he's the slave. And I watch the film and see how she how much she loves him and how he's her protector. So I, I, I don't I don't have to rip things out of my uh, cultural lexicon or memories uh, because of past affronts that at the time, uh, quite frankly, uh, weren't as... Uh, well, you know, as much of an affront or an affront at all. Uh, but when I watch Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's, I'm telling you, folks, it's full bore. To me, it looks like it, 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 maybe he crazy glued his eyes out or something. I don't quite know what it is. He's got, uh, you know, uh, Sidney Toller, Warren Olin glasses on, you know, thick Coke bottles. Am I imagining things, or is he wearing hosiery on his head and coming? Oh, Miss! It's like oh. so crazy. <laughs> you have to, Christian. If you know, can actually, summon up a picture. I, I, I'm trying to get an image of it. They might have scrubbed it. It's so wrong. <laughs> well, I don't know. You type in Mickey Rooney. Breakfast at Tiffany's comes in first. <laughs> it's like the first thing. Yeah, and, uh, it is. Yeah, rough. I mean that's. Uh, that's, oh my! Yeah, that's, uh, that's so offensive. <laughs> it's worse than I was envisioning it because I Folks, haven't seen that movie. Do yourself years. a favor oh. now. Here, people always say, "How do I uh, inoculate myself against what real uh, cultural appropriation is?" And that, and like any inoculative service, it's best to give yourself a little bit of it, and a little bit of it, and a little bit of it, and eventually your defenses build, <laughs> and eventually you're not. Go back. When you think about today, when you think you're at Oberlin and they have sushi on the menu and you can't get out of bed, 
because it hasn't gotten any better. Go YouTube Mickey Rooney and watch this clip from Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is what, 58, 59? So let's say 60 years. And let's say everybody wants progress overnight. I don't think progress overnight happens. And if it does, I don't think it often takes. But in 60 years to think that Mickey Rooney did this in a Blake Edwards film starring Audrey Hepburn. And in 60 years, that if you did this now, you'd be marched off to the yeah. stocks. It was 1961, and his character, Mr. Yuniyoshi. Well, listen, that's the only thing that holds that's up. That holds up. <laughs> yeah, but at least when Charlton Heston was in Touch of Evil, you know, he was a Mexican, but he didn't do the voice or anything. Yeah, and uh, but and the same with the chicken imitation of life, who plays the. Uh, I watched a bit of that the other night, and uh, it's it's such a. It must be the genius of that guy, Douglas Sirk, to pull those films off because the components are not quite right in that Lana Turner is not going to pull John Gavin at the beach. Uh, pull, British term. Uh, he's not going to pick up on Lana Turner. She's, she's a little, she's not quite uh, Lana Turner uh, tilt up in... Uh, the postman always rings twice. Where he, and by the way, can I give it to Julie Garfield for the look on his face? There's another classic moment. Once you get done with uh, Mickey Rooney, go over and Google the Lana Turner reveal in uh, The Postman Always Rings Twice. She's got a white turban on, white hot pants, or whatever the equivalent are at that point, and a white blouse. And she's the pulchritude is just vibrating off her and uh, it's the first reveal where Julie Garfield who stopped there to get gas and ends up working for them the handyman thing it's like a dear penthouse letter or something <laughs> he looks over at her and the double take he does is so horny fuck my life just changed <laughs> you know it's that guy who's like now rutting and he literally has to you know fuck a tree if he has to and impale himself on a limb because he's so horny <laughs> it's like an elk rutting <laughs> oh that's a great scene but anyway um yeah if you think it's bad oberlin and you have time off today from doing cookie sales to raise the $40 million that I think you have to pay the baker who wouldn't make the... You've seen that story. Or some some store there, maybe not a baker, maybe a liquor store, somebody. Uh, they caught some kids shoplifting. Yeah. They went after them, and immediately they're the grand wizard from the Ku Klux yeah. Klan. Uh, but they get, they're getting paid. They'd be smirched. It ruined their business, ruined their standing in the community. They sue, and I think they're in for 40 44 originally, I think it's been knocked down to 35, but Oberlin's got to take their massive endowment. And I notice sometimes, uh, you know, colleges headed headed by dickless wonders, ironically, have the biggest endowment. Um, <laughs> they're going to have to pay. So it gets worse, kids. And the Mickey Rooney thing <laughs> might, be, might be the uh, birth of the blues, as they say in the cultural appropriation. Yeah, I think it went down business. to $11 million. It's down to 11 Yeah, that's the, the last time. The, the fucking store will owe Oberlin money yeah. by the time it gets through the Ninth Circuit. Yeah. Uh, I refer to Dennis earlier saying <laughs> justice system <laughs> is rigged. <laughs> if you're still using one of the big wireless providers in 2019, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile? 
provides the same premium network coverage that you're used to, but a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly onto you. Christian, you uh, you got the Mint Mobile before me. My yes. experience is less broad at this moment, although it's growing. Tell me what you're digging about it as you're a man about town. So to start with, they sent me this great How little How dare kit. you talk when I'm doing a commercial <laughs> read? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, kid the kid. Go they, ahead. I'm watching they, you grow here. They, they, watching <laughs> Scotty grow. I'm going to do some earning, boss. <laughs> we uh, So they sent me this great kit. With, it's like T-shirts and mugs and all the stuff with the logo on it. I'm like, great. And then they send you the SIM card to put into your phone. And I'm so embarrassed. I uh, break it when I try and put it in my phone. And then I do this call with them. And I have to like write to the lady on the side. She's a very nice woman. And I was like, yeah, I broke it. Can you send me another one? I had it the next day. Ah, so it was. A, so if that's any indication of what the their service is like. Yeah. Hey, can you tell them next time you talk to them that they ought to have a Mint Mobile for kids where the parents can monitor the calls and call Junior Mint Mobile? I love that. <laughs> Uh, what I will say is when you hear that it's $15 a month, I was like, all right, well, what's the service going to be like? Is it you know, going to drop off, be staticky? But I was impressed by you know just how good it sounded. There are times that I've talked to you where, unbeknownst to you, we were using Mint Mobile. and uh, Christian, you don't have to tell me. I remember sitting on the other side <laughs> thing. I usually hate talking to this person. But he's in mint condition today. <laughs> Bagged and boarded. Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down, as Christian said, to just 15 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use. Choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. If you like your provider, you can keep your provider. And I mean it. He didn't. <laughs> Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. All right, troops. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash Miller. That's mintmobile.com slash Miller. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Miller. I feel like Patton when I read those call to actions. <laughs> You know, when you stick your hand in a pile of goo, <laughs> 10 minutes ago was your best friend. You'll know what to do with the hun. <laughs> All right. What else? Did we get any yeah, we get some, uh, voice, voice of the mails? people? Yeah, the, the people would like to weigh in. Uh, I'm going to shut up for a while and let you play because I'm talking out. Let me listen. We, but I always am drawn to talk again because I'm a giver. Yeah. I, I think you sense that about me. Uh, number 11. What are you and her doing? You can do that out loud. I love that stuff. We're over here doing semaphore flags. Like have some. Co Don't disturb Dennis's was, flow. It was that fucking candy bar wrapper that was disturbing my flow. <laughs> Christ, I come in. Lindsay's kind of, what's that? Well, it's my good luck horseshoe. <laughs> Just to be glad I don't bring all my animals. All right. Yeah, Caller 11. <laughs> what's that called when Mr. you... Mr. Miller, on your June 25th show, you started singing Summertime. And it gave me a little bit of an inspiration. What is that? So here the we call. go. Summertime, I'm living easy. Fish are jumping and the cotton is high. And this mill's on and the listen is easy. 
So hush, little crybabies, and don't you whine. <laughs> well, thanks again, Mr. Miller. Have a great summer. Look at you, baby. Oh, huh? That's our friend uh, Jen from San Antonio. You actually met her at a gig out in Texas earlier oh, this year. Oh, cool. Jennifer. Yeah. A very sexy, like young Peggy Lee with the pipes there, doll. Uh, well, thank you. That's sweet uh, touching. See, I'm touched by things like that when people mm-hmm. even think take the time to uh, sort of weave something that show you in some slight way that you matter slightly to them is touching to me. It's the overplay. When it, you know, you ever meet somebody where it gets all obsequious and immediately you're thinking, Chris, can you just stalk me? They list everything you've ever done. Yeah. So, Dennis, I don't want to get off on a rant here, but I'm a big fan. And even that, I'm starting, as I get older, I think, what are you being a prick about? What are you, I, I don't be a prick to them, but I'm in my head I have yeah. this thing where I'm chiding my inner prick thing. It's nice. But sometimes when it gets too... Uh, and that doesn't happen a lot. It's not like I engender that reaction, but occasionally somebody will be, it doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't yeah. sound, it sounds like an overplay of how minimally you've affected them. But when somebody <laughs> hits the timber between, uh, here's the small part you play in my life, but here's the fun part of that small part, I find it very touching. Oh. And it's thank, good for you. Thank you, Miss. Well, let's see what we think of voicemail number 13. Uh, I have not vetted this one, but uh, Lindsay put it on here, and uh, I'm interested in hearing this. Yeah, Is it hate? Any no, hate? No, no, no. Right, we actually don't have the hate. It's love from the president. We haven't we had have a good been... hate in a while. What are we? Well, maybe I shouldn't do that, you know, because Hannity used to do that. He'd ask and I liked hate. it at first. He'd play the hateful ones. And then I began to wonder, is that self-serving? Too cute by a half in its own way. So when I do that, I have to, I'm a very questioning mood as I get older. I'm resetting my whole game board. I, I, I have preconceptions. I've done this at various times in my life. This is probably why I've disappointed people. I had some sort of notion in my late 20s. And they still want me to have it at 65, and I don't. I'm trying to do a reset on certain things now. And part of it is my inner palaver, uh, my self-bullshit. And I think maybe my fear of people disliking me, like any human has, not all, but many, um, plays itself out by me saying, play the hateful one to... You know, it's like when you're in court and they say, have your lawyer reveal it before the other guy does. So maybe there's a little of that bullshit in there. I'll think on it, and if I find that out. But I might come back and say, no, I I question it, and I do like a good hateful one. Definitely send the love to us at 866-509-RANT. That's where we get the love voice. Christian, it's like the Robin Bird show. Baby, won't you bang my (laughs) mom? You remember that, Jeff? I do. I I, uh, I never lived in Manhattan, but when I would be staying over, I'd be like, what is this crazy show? <laughs> well, the fact that you were in Manhattan for two days as a 16-year-old and somehow came upon Robin Bird tells me you were no doubt tell you what masturbating <laughs> furiously. Uh, but for now, we have voicemail 13. Dennis, this is Donald J. Trump. I just wanted to call and let you know that I'm a big fan of the podcast. I think it's very funny. Uh, you're a very funny guy. I know a lot of very funny people. Uh, they all love Trump. But anyway, uh, you've got great timing, terrific timing. A lot of people say I've got great timing, but I have to say your timing is just is excellent. Uh, so keep up the great work. It's really tremendous. I'm a big fan, big league, and uh, great job. Which one of our friends is that? I actually don't know. Uh, that I, that I thought that it Gene? might be Gene, but it doesn't quite sound like him. He also has a better phone than that. Uh, it's not Rob because Rob will go into Rob Lawrence will go into the studio and he'll add sound right. effects and you know. Well, good effort there, my yeah. friend Ben. Thank you. We're, we're touched. <laughs> I, Thank Mr. President. I love yeah. him saying uh, people love Trump. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part actually. I'm people big love league. Trump. Uh, to think about how orgasmic this cat is, that uh, 
it was always about the brand. Even when oh, you first yeah. saw him, it was about the brand. Oh, yeah. And the the brand is the biggest thing in modern American history. Let's just concede that. People are going to say, no, no, you want to be The fact that it's a one-syllable name that starts with a hard sound and ends with a softer but nonetheless hard. It's not a nebulous name. It's a brief burst. He's burst on the scene every day. What are you hearing this? I'd love to see a, some sort of uh, ball strike count on how many times Trump is uttered on TV. <laughs> uh, so this is, you know, when people always say, including me, God, how does he put up with this? I think he, I, I think it's a major chord, as Jimmy said in New York, New York. You know, when what is uh, De Niro's character so malignant? He says, when you've got the job you want and the woman you want and enough money that you need neither, you've got yourself a major chord. <laughs> and I think Trump has himself a major chord, although you do have to mix in. I know some people hate his kids. I think he's done a very adroit job with his kids because Unleashed in Manhattan, Billionaire Kids, you've seen enough of those shows, haven't you? Where people are showing up at uh, Tao and, you know, acting like they're uh, like an Olivier at Con. So, you know, it, it, it can get fucked up for a kid in Manhattan. And I think Trump's done a uh, good job with his kids. They seem uh, not everybody's cup of tea, granted, but who is in the world, especially we live today. Where, uh, you know, opinions are like conjoined twins. Everybody has two assholes. <laughs> or what? I don't know what I was quite saying there. Opinions are like conjoined twins assholes. Yeah. Everybody has two of them. <laughs> and I know them within eight seconds via the Internet. I, I love things that uh, were used to be vague notions or throwaways in people's heads are now chiseled into the firmament of the federal building. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. It's all the same shit that you'll find in the, you know, cave wall drawings had to at least take some time and then be sealed hermetically to be surviving eons later. You can now say something, you know, like, uh, boy, Tiffany Haddish was stoned at that New Year's Eve gig. And <laughs> they can uncover it like a trillion years from now. What a world. Uh, our next voicemail is uh, from a police officer named Fletcher, number 12. I've been listening to you in my patrol car since the days of the radio show, and you keep me up at night driving around the city. Uh, and now that I'm retired, Flatfoot, I just wanted to tell you what a great job you're doing talking to uh, the military guys like uh, Stapleton and talking to guys like Gary Sinise who are supporting the military. We really appreciate it. In fact, I wanted to tell you, you inspired me uh, post-retirement to do my own podcast for uh, cops and firefighters and uh, military veterans. So thanks for that, man. Thanks for the inspiration and keep up the great work. Well, thank wow. you, brother. I love the cops. Yeah. Uh, man, I, I had a cop come up to me in Chicago, you know, the checkerboard cops. And tell me he listened to me in his cruiser, and, he, and I thought, oh, they're just being nice. And he starts saying things that I had said on the week's show before. And uh, I thought, man, when you have cops in a life and death situation, and uh, I'm not saying it's 24-7 Fort Apache, the Bronx, but I mean, you know, they they do have to stay nimble <laughs> listening to you. That makes me laugh. What's that cat's podcast, Christian? Well, that's what I was going to say. That's what I love about Fletcher. I told He sent me the message, and I was like, great, leave us a voicemail. That's oh, did, like, can you get but, hold of him? Yeah, but yeah, I can definitely get a hold of him. He didn't plug his podcast. Yeah, I know. Watching. It's called War Stories uh, Official, and you can find it on podbean.com, probably some other places, but War Stories 
Uh, there's like 12 episodes or so. It's well, about... why don't you, when I get back, why don't you book him for sure. a show? Absolutely. I don't think it's an hour. No, we'll show. have him on. But uh, I would love to talk to you for around 15, 20 minutes, get some good cop stories. And I'll bet you after 15 or 20, it is an hour. Yeah. yeah. You know, because uh, they, they, who has better stories? Christ, I met a DEA guy at a fucking wedding and we howled after we did the you know, rudimentary things you do at a wedding, paying homage to the couple I didn't want to be, you know, it's not, I don't want to talk like I'm sitting there not paying attention. <laughs> Once that was over and everybody's getting loaded and they had all sat up in a chair that got raised above the head, that always looks shaky to me. <laughs> Especially after everyone's been drinking Yeah, all night. I always <laughs> think, boy, that is a, uh, that's a paraplegia thing waiting to happen there, man. <laughs> So uh, after that's over, I usually uh, sort of check out. But the cat was so interesting, and he had the funniest drug buster. Oh, my <laughs> God. I just was flabbergasted. I, they're, they're, you know, folks, let's face facts. We're all pretty much dialed into our own niceties and fineries, and life is a big, chaotic goat fuck. It, go, it can go wrong in a millisecond, and you're stupefied, and there are other people out there living the goat fuck life immersed in it close-up observers and when they choose to share stories with you you're just absolutely <laughs> gobsmacked because we're also civilized and guess what it, it right under the surface it is uh it, it is percolating crazily so uh, a lot of things firing down down below what else christian uh let's see now i apparently at some point Lindsay, you can flesh this out a little bit. He was talking about on the podcast driving with his tongue. Yeah, I think you were talking about people texting and driving and oh, getting okay. in an accident and being a paraplegic, and then you're having to drive with your tongue. Well, that's one of those things that uh, Rick Overton and I used to uh, talk about, where he made me laugh so hard one night. We were going up to Reno, Nevada, and uh, Kevin Rooney was in the car. We were driving from Sacramento. I was doing a gig at a place called the Birdcage Walk. What's what happening? That? That's your, you're trying to use your phone. Oh, oh yeah, I'm I think sorry. it's your phone being too close to my machine. Well, I'll turn it off. Uh, I'm glad that you hear you're using the technical knowledge, the machine. What are the we machine. Machina. It's like, it's like uh, <laughs> early printing press talk. <laughs> Magic word maker. I'm here oh, from the past. White man. Stay away from the Come machine. Two, three moon. <laughs> metal. Metal locks. Welcome to the machine. Um, so you guys were driving Rooney oh. Overton up to Reno. Yeah. And I was laughing so hard. And we all were that we had to pull off into a rest area because it was snowing. <laughs> I wasn't high, but uh, somebody had lit up a joint. And we were laughing so hard that I pulled over. I think I was driving. And I said, I, I just can't. I said, <laughs> you're going to give me a, a stroke. I'm going to have a brain aneurysm. And somebody said, well... We'll do a benefit for you, <laughs> and, and we'll raise money and buy you a van you can drive with your tongue. Uh, that must have been what it was. And then I said, it was like they doubled down on yeah. the funny. I said, oh, stop, stop. Well, uh, responding to talking about driving with your tongue on the show, Chad from Canyon Lake had some thoughts. I just played it for a third time for my wife, and... <laughs> and Next thing you know, you're trying to drive a bus <laughs> with your tongue. <laughs> See, that's what—that's how we were in the car. <laughs> uh, D-man, 
I will never, <laughs> ever miss a podcast again. I would that's hope nice. so. Well, well, can you get a better call than that? <laughs> but that's what I mean. Are we not living in a time where we're cloaking all that? Uh, what was I just watching? Last night I was watching Tucker Carlson, and he had that great reporter on the British guy. I can't remember his name. He's got glasses. He does a great report. He was doing a story about a woman. Believe it or not, they are now starting to sort of screw metal silly straws through the roofs of cups and then putting those cups on top of a cup, uh, the cu you know, and it was immovable. And one of the random, bizarre, as I alluded to earlier, the gene and tyranny and uh, weird things of life happens. She trips. No. Falls down. Oh, no. Metal straw stuck through her eye into her brain. They showed a picture of her. Not Jeez. not in that form, but oh, later. Right. Dies eventually. Uh, and uh, somebody's filing a lawsuit. Jonathan Carl is his name, I believe. And then, so that part of it, he's very obviously sad. And is, but then he says, I researched this today. And he had like a, a, a clown moment, Mary Tyler Moore clown funeral moment. Oh, no. well, he didn't laugh, but you could oh, okay. see that they're on a split screen, him and Tucker. And uh, he's saying, I researched this today. And this was the first death by straw. And right there, I think he's a. Uh, and he said, I found death by uh, falling on antlers. And he started naming all these things oh, that people no. had fallen on and killed themselves, as is the case when there's six to seven billion people on any planet. Shit does happen. Right. Macabre shit happens as much as orderly shit happens. It is chaos theory. And uh, he, as, I, as he's doing it, he ticks off three or four things that he found death by. But then again... No death by metal straw. I see the Vegas. Now I can't say I see it on him, but I see it on Tucker on the split screen right. where they're looking at each other like, <laughs> and Tucker is a horrible story. But uh, you can tell like <laughs> that this whole thing that we were just laughing at yeah. uh, is happening. And, and it's exemplified. Hitchcock had a great sense of the perverse in North by Northwest where all of a sudden through an, a, an, a, an amazing breadcrumb trail of events, one of which is sending a telegram to your mother and ha raising your hand at the wrong moment and being perceived to be another guy, Cary Grant, businessman, is now Cary Grant CIA operative, and he's got many people who want to kill him. And uh, they cut back to, once again, Leo G. Carroll, who we talked about <laughs> in an earlier show from Tarantula. He's the head of the CIA, sitting there with a few guys. One of the guys is the guy who plays the press agent uh, brilliantly in Sweet Smell of Success when Sidney Falco comes over and tries to bribe him to put an item in. And uh, he's in front of his wife, his wife who disparages him, the press agent. And then all of a sudden, Sidney's hinting that he should run this thing because he knows he's had an affair with a hat check girl. And the guy looks at her and says, what's going on here, the wife? And he said... He's trying to blackmail me over an indiscretion I had, and I, I feel horrible about it. We'll talk, but I can't be blackmailed. I can't be done with this. And the woman who's figuring out the racing sheet looks at him, at her husband, who she's been disparaging. Of the, you know, right. She's fallen into that malaise of the blind spot be, between her libido and heart mirrors. You know, there's a blind spot. He's in there. And uh, she looks at him and she goes, you know, for the first time in 20 years, I'm proud of you. And it's a brilliant wow. writing that she's yeah. proud of him 
and the heartbreak will come after and uh, you know that he's had had a, an affair but anyway um so um there's the, the brilliant moment in north by northwest that guy sits next to leo g carroll the press agent i know i don't know the actor's name he's always great and he says uh, leo g carroll lays out what has happened to roger thornhill the businessman who now is this cia agent and they're all sitting there astounded that this can happen and that they've got an innocent citizen now in the crosshairs of being killed. And the guy says, uh, and this points out the perversity of humans at some point, it's so grim and so random when it's not being beautiful and unrandom that the guy says, uh, uh, that's so disturbing. Uh, why do I feel like laughing? <laughs> and I thought good old Hitchcock showing the uh, uh, the... the I don't know. It all exists inside of us, you know. And when they say we only use 20% of our brain, thank God. Can you imagine how fucked up we'd all be if everybody saw it clearly? Or, or <laughs> you, you imagine flipping those things? People would say, well, if we used 80% of our brains, we'd be able to move forks into the dishwasher with our mind. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Pick the fork up and put it in the dishwasher. You imagine how the malevolent, weird part of us would get? And it's latent, but it's in there. And I think the best people you meet in life completely quell it down, and that involves some effort on their part. And then occasionally you'll run across the pure spirit and savor them. Doesn't happen a lot. I think uh, right after food and shelter and love, I, I got to have Schadenfreude on the uh, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Man's vague pleasure and another's discomfort. I think that's got to be the fourth head. <laughs> What else is up? Uh, well, we have uh, one more voicemail uh, before we wrap things up for this installment. Uh, I think uh, Charles from Pennsylvania, voicemail number five, he kind of has a, uh, a very uh, cut-to-the-chase kind of idea to, towards politics. you got all these Democrats are trying to give Wait, what was that start again? Uh, uh, Sounded like uh, Fred Flintstone like wanted to bullet turkey. <laughs> Do you want to restart it? No, no. Ah. I, just the fact that I was talking over it really loud, <laughs> trying to get a joke out on my podcast, like and, and nullifying it. You shouldn't read that tea leaf. It might be. Maybe we should stop. You know, I don't want. I don't want to <laughs> compromise your instincts on Sorry, that. What are we doing right now? Christ! What do I have to set off a fucking road flare? Yes. Yeah, start it again. You got all these Democrats are trying to give stuff away, trying to get get votes. You know, they want to Wait, stop it again. I got to hear. The way he I got to do something. Start it again. <laughs> okay. You got all these people <laughs> trying to give stuff away, trying Sorry, to get I had to do votes. my Yogi Bear you know, Go ahead. Now you can start again and we'll <laughs> shut up. I want this out of my life after this. <laughs> Charles. Oh, Jesus Christ. You got all these Democrats are trying to give stuff away, trying to get get votes. You know, they want to want those votes. And it looks like the best way to do it is to give stuff away. Here's what, uh, here's a guarantee. I'd vote. I'd even vote for the Democrat that that did this. What I'm looking for is free parking. <laughs> Somebody, now, what were you, That's all I got. What were you? Were you doing ecstasy this week, or what, <laughs> when you were in the edit session? What, no, what made you think I've that. got to glean that one out? <laughs> Let me just note that that is on the non-highlighted list. You only highlighted three. We have twenty. You know, oh, I mean, Christian, let me throw the dart next time. You're, you're fucking unerring. All right, uh, Charles, we're chopping you out. Well, listen, I'd rather go out listening once more. The guy that is a sincere. I can't help laughing. <laughs> 
I, yeah. Oh, the guy that we had her again. Unless yeah. it goes away, you've played it twice, no, and it's it. good. No, that was uh, 15, Chad from Canada. You remember it. It happened around eight minutes ago. <laughs> she doesn't. Christ, what do, you, what do you, like, throw down the rubber stopper in the checkout line at the, the, the fast food aisle that it's over at the moment? Like, as soon as it's passed, it's over. On to the next Jesus. thing. Give me the, my cookies. Which one are you talking about? You know the one where the guy was laughing? Uh, no. That I, one guy that one time. Here he is. I just played it for a third time for my wife. And, <laughs> and next thing you know, you're trying to drive a bus <laughs> with your tongue. <laughs> uh, D-Man, I will okay, never... Okay, so you can shut that ever. part off. Try <laughs> to find that laugh, say, somewhere in your life, because that's what we all need... <laughs> I don't want to do that all need someone, but try to find something that makes you laugh that hard somewhere in the next couple of days and watch it three times. We'll reconnoiter then. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.